take a, a simple look at what Paul said to the church in Philippians about the resurrection power. And I just want to pose a question to you today. Self-evaluation. Does the resurrection of Jesus Christ affect you? Now, you might be aware of the resurrection of Christ. You might even acknowledge it by coming to church on Sunday morning, and that's all good and fine. Uh, but has the resurrection power of Jesus really had an effect on you personally? What difference does the resurrected Christ make in your life? Now, we know, of course, salvation is the greatest difference. You know, sin has taken a toll on us, and it separated us from a loving God. And we know that the cross is the way that we are reconciled with God. Amen? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes should not perish, but have everlasting life. And as Jesus came out of that grave, his resurrection power provided for us salvation for our spirits. And that's the greatest way that the resurrection affects us. We now have eternal life. We're no longer bound to be separated from God. We have eternity with Jesus. But beyond that, beyond our salvation, how does the resurrection affect you? Does it affect your daily life? You know, so many of us want to live in victory. We want to live in fullness. And we try all sorts of things. But it's the resurrection power of Jesus that will really assure us of walking in fullness of life. And that's what Paul was talking about in Philippians chapter number 3. Will you stand this morning as we read God's word? Philippians chapter 3. I want to read the first 14 verses. He says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. We've done that today. Then he says, it is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. It's a safeguard for you. Ask any school teacher. There's power in repetition. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Uh, Paul doesn't spare any words here, does he? For it is who we are, the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, who put no confidence in the flesh. Watch out for people that tell you you have to have perfect church attendance or you have to have these little boxes uh, checked off. Watch out for those people that will say, oh, you can't really know God unless you do this and that and just bring you down to rules and regulations Paul is saying, don't go there. Don't put confidence in what you can do on your own. And he's building up to what he's going to tell us here a little bit later. He says, although I do have reasons for such confidence. And then he gives this little mini bio. He says, if someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, man, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day. People of Israel, tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law. See, he thought he was doing a good thing by persecuting the early church based on the law. 
and then he put faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, and whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. It's not performance, it's faith. And then he says in verse 10, and this is what I really want you to focus in on. As you do this self-evaluation, does the resurrection affect you? I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on. Friends, that's a good word for us today. We need to press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forget what's behind. Forget what is behind and strain or press toward what is ahead. God has a future for you. God has something planned for you that is beyond your imagination. And he will, through his resurrection power, break whatever it is holding you from attaining to that fullness in Christ. Verse 11 says, and eventually attaining to the resurrection from the dead. I took an Easter lily to my parents' grave this week, and I thought, you know, someday the trumpet's going to sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first. That is a promise to those who believe there will be a physical resurrection Forget what is behind, strain toward what's ahead, press on toward the goal to win the price for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Lord, thank you for your word. We ask your Holy Spirit will come and make it alive to us. May we leave this place having been affected by the power of the resurrection. Give us the desire to know the power of your resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Just a few minutes, you're going to hear a story of a miraculous transformation of one of our members, Rachel West. So much appreciate her transparency and her willingness to share her story with you of how the resurrection of Jesus Christ has made a difference. Not just in her salvation. Rachel has known the Lord for years. She's walked in right standing with God because of her faith in Jesus. But you know, just because we are righteous in Christ doesn't mean we don't battle with the flesh. And there's things that hold us back. And in Rachel's case, it was a hidden addiction, a hidden addiction of alcoholism. And you're going to hear how, through the tools that God provided, 
the support of her family and her friends and her church that she is celebrating almost 11 months clean and sober now from any alcohol. The resurrection power has affected Rachel. Has it affected us? Do we have changes in our life? Or do we just accept them as, oh, it's got to be that way? Friends, when you're walking with the living God, he has the ability to change, to transform you, to find, to help you find freedom in those areas. Man, sometimes I think, particularly to Easter, we get so comfortable with this resurrection story that we don't pause and say, man, this resurrection power has the difference to change my life, not just in salvation, but in the way that I deal with people, the way that I deal with myself. Now, of course, to be resurrected, as we said earlier, you have to be crucified, <laughs> right? Paul said he was crucified with Christ. It speaks of death. To be alive in Christ means you need to be dead to yourself. Now, no one was ever crucified and lived to tell about it except for Christ. This is the way Paul says it in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ, but I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, when you're physically dead, there's nothing on earth that appeals to you any longer. You know, it doesn't matter. You can't tempt a corpse to come back to life. It's just not going to work. Now, think about that. When you come into a relationship with Christ, you are to die to yourself and allow Christ to live through you. It's not what Paul is saying here. I no longer live, yet Paul, as we know, physically still lived, looked like Paul. It sounded like Paul, had Paul's personality. But Paul is saying the difference is he is allowing Jesus to live through him. It's what's really called the exchanged life. You die to yourself. You allow the resurrected Christ to live through you. Your old desires, your old plans, your old agendas, the way that you want to control everything, all die and you allow Jesus Christ to live in and through you. That's why in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul says, For to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. And that's a twofold meaning there. We know that he means physically when he dies. Many of you have had loved ones that have passed away this week or this year. You know, if they knew Christ, it really was a homegoing form. They really gained more than they lost. We understand that. To be in perfect union with Christ without any of the human frailties. But I think there's a second meaning as well. And that is as long as we're walking on earth for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Sometimes we just need to put things down and say, Lord, I'm going to die to this. I'm going to believe, oh God, that you will resurrect yourself in me, allowing him to live through us. And there's a great gain in dying to ourselves. And you'll hear Rachel had to die to herself, to her own desires, 
to what she had kind of been comfortable with. Gave her what she thought she needed. And she had to die to that and allow the resurrected Christ to bring something even better. Now, the old man is dead as far as God is concerned already. That's why we need to consider ourselves dead. <laughs> Leave the old man in the grave. And Jesus loved us enough to die for us. Do we love him enough to die to ourselves? To live the new life of him living through us? As a Romans 6:11 says, in the same way, count yourself the old King James says, reckon yourself. Some of the other versions say, consider yourself dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Dead to sin, dead to selfishness, dead to control, dead to being a puppet of addiction, dead to lust, dead to desires, dead to goals and ambition, and instead saying, Christ, live through me. The resurrection will not only provide salvation for your eternity, the resurrection power of Jesus that Paul talks about here, to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection can make a difference for you today. Paul says, man, I want to know Christ, not just know about him. It's not like you casually meet somebody. Too many people know the Lord that way. You know, they have this image of who they think he is. They might have a few facts. They might have had some kind of experience with him in the past. Paul's not talking about that. He says, man, I want my life to be centered around the resurrected Savior. I want to walk every day in the power of his resurrection. And, of course, we know that word power comes from dunamis, which means dynamite in English. Can you imagine the power surge in that tomb when Christ came back? after being dead for those three days? That's the kind of power Paul wanted. That's the kind of power that Rachel has found. That's the kind of power that's available to you and I so that we might be able to stroll past our enemies, our sinful behavior, our selfishness, our pride, our lust, and say we are more than conquerors because we're dying to ourselves and we're allowing Christ to live in us. We can walk in that resurrected power. It's not just biblical characters. It's any of us who are willing to say, Lord, I need help. And then be willing to accept that help however it comes. Sometimes we want the Lord to help us, but we want it the easy way. <laughs> Lord, couldn't you just knock me on the head and you know, make everything okay? Can't I just say a little 30-second prayer and everything's going to be okay? And that's not the way that God deals in our life. It's through the furnace. It's through the heat. It's through being willing to make the tough decisions. You're going to hear about Rachel's secret life, but how now she's free. How God led her to the right resources, the right detox center, the right rehab. You're going to hear about the support that came from her family, the support from her friends, support from the church. But remember, friends, every good and perfect gift comes from God. 
I'm thankful for the rehab center in Idaho that has helped and continues to help Rachel. But I also know that that in itself is a gift from God. The resurrection power of Christ is here to change all of us. I want you to focus your attention as Rachel shares her story of freedom as she allowed the resurrected power of Jesus to work through her life this year. Hi, my name is Rachel West. Um, I am married to Nathan West and we have five kids and one on the way. And we've been attending WFA for a little over five years now. And I um, have feel, felt called by God to share my story. And, um, you know, this has been a really hard year. 2020 was a really hard year for a lot of people, um, particularly for uh, my family. And um, part of that is the fact of dealing with and um, recognizing and dealing with the fact that I am an alcoholic. Uh, I've struggled with drinking uh, since I was 16 years old. That, when I first tried it, um, I knew I didn't drink like other people. I wasn't really socially. I Every time I drank, I blacked out and um, took it to the extreme, but I kind of was able to manage it for a lot of years. And um, Then I got married and started my family and um, was able to, to really control it. Uh, and then, uh, as a lot of you might know, my dad passed away a little over three years ago, and I was always daddy's little girl, and it was really hard to, for our whole family to lose him, but um, I turned back to alcohol as a way to uh, cope with my depression and um, grieving and um, continue to be very involved in WFA and this was our church family and in fact my husband and I led a connection group um, for other families and nobody had any idea you know it was a secret that I um, hid for many years and really no one other than me and Nathan knew it was going on not even my mom I was sick of living uh, you know getting to the point where I realized I needed treatment was, re, you know, over and over again trying to reason with my husband and tell him, I'm going to slow down, and I couldn't do it on my own, and realizing this is out of my control, and I, the only way to do it is with professional help and with God. I, it just hit me all of a sudden, the car, like the carpet was pulled out from under me, and I need help, and I can't keep living this life. I can't... Uh, do this to myself anymore and I can't do this to my family. Nathan picked me up from detox and I came home and I was on a lot of medication at that point, a lot of um, stuff for withdrawal and um, my mom just said I'd, I look like a zombie. As I don't rem really remember those two days but I slept a lot and I was numb and um, North Point put me on a plane. Um, they paid for me to fly there to inpatient treatment. It was the scariest thing I have ever had to do. Uh, it was then that I reached out to Pastor Jerry and just, you know, 
both mom's an alcoholic and um, he told me he was gonna pray for me every day and I know that he did and that meant so much you know that my church family was praying for me and <clears throat> I got uh, cards from him every week with scripture and prayer and um, it really helped me get get through treatment um, but just saying the words was um, I think in a way was freeing you know I am an alcoholic said, you know I've heard in sermons before you're a Christian you believe in God but except for this one thing I'm just gonna hold this one thing and I'm not gonna talk about this one thing and uh, I did that for a lot of years but being able to say God this is me uh, this is where I'm at these are my faults I I've you know I'm a flawed human and but I love you and um, God will meet you where you are <laughs> and I didn't get kicked out of the church because I'm an alcoholic it was quite the opposite you know and I've been open with my recovery and um, I didn't scream it from the rooftops when I came home or anything but um, when I got to detox, um, I didn't even realize what day it was. And the counselor that met with me first when I got there, he said, well, what, what is, what's the last day you drank? And I said, well, it's at one o'clock this morning. And I looked at the, he had a little desk counter and I looked at it and I said, what's today? And he said, May 23rd. And I just started crying and I, I didn't even realize it, but that May 23rd uh, was the day my dad passed away. And so now it's my sober date and it's given me, you know, even more motivation to stay sober. I, I feel like there's, that wasn't a coincidence. And I know that, you know, like we've talked about, uh, my dad is, I really believe that he's proud of me and living the life that I was made to live, you know, and that takes me to my, you know, my favorite Bible verse that's been my favorite verse for a long time is Jer Jeremiah 29, 11. And that's for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, of plans to give you hope and a future. And he's always had me and he's always uh, wanted the best for me. And, and there's always hope and I have a future. So I got home from treatment um, July 1st. So I'd been home about two months. Um, on August 31st, it was about four o'clock in the morning. Um, I was sound asleep and I just woke up to Nathan yelling, call 911 and get out. That's all I heard, call 911 and get out. So I grabbed my phone off the side table and I didn't even, I, I was in shock. I didn't know what was happening um, by the time I got out of our bedroom and to the top of, of the stairs to go down to the front door he was already ahead of me he'd already gone into um, Gannon our, our five-year-old son's room and grabbed him and he was down the stairs and shoved the kid get we just had Gannon and Addie Joe one of our middle schoolers my three were with their dad by the grace of God because um, Piper and Gia's room got got it the worst but we our house was on fire um, 
Everybody made it out alive. Thank God. Um, and I stood across the street and watched my house burn. And it was horrifying, you know. Um, but even in that, in the midst of that um, tragedy, I stood there with a complete grateful and thankful heart because I realized, um, you know, we don't always understand God's timing. I, I, I don't know why he struck me on May 22nd that I needed to get help and get sober. Um, but I do know that had I not gotten that help and not been sober on August 31st, I either wouldn't be here or I would have had to bury my son. And that's every parent's worst nightmare. Because when the fire chief came, he said that Nathan got Gannon out of his room literally seconds before he would have been incinerated. And uh, back in, in our history of how things have been, before I went to treatment, I drank till I passed out every night. And if he had spent another five seconds trying to wake me up, we would have had a very different ending to our story. <laughs> the schoolies lived right up the street from us, and they came right down. It was 4.30 in the morning, and um, they called Pastor Jerry right away, and I think it was them that called him. And He showed up at, you know, 5 o'clock in the still bedhead and everything, <laughs> and prayed with us, and, uh, it, you know, it just shows what God can do if you have those people in your lives. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of people have, have been hurt by churches <clears throat> and by, by judgment. And I can tell you 100% that, um, and it's, it's only really strengthened our families, um, commitment to WFA and our, you know, our, our, our willingness to be here and be a part of things. Because when I did, you know, admit my addiction, I received nothing but love from everyone around me. And, and the people in our church responded to me the way that you would think a Christian should respond to somebody with open arms and with support and encouragement and you know my mom was embarrassed she didn't want her friends to know because she was part of a group in WFA you know of older traditional folks and you know who are very against drinking and they've been some of my biggest supporters I mean they have been cheering me on and you're a wonderful person and you're a woman of God and um, the exact opposite of everything that you would think if you're struggling with alcohol, drugs, sex addiction, I mean, there's, there's a, anything, spending, you know, I would encourage you to really think about, um, where you're at and who are the people that are around you and you'd be surprised, you know, people that you've never even really connected with that you worship with every Sunday who comes around you and and lifts you up and prays for you and sends you notes in the mail and you know uh, 
I'm just so grateful for for the pastoral staff here. I know I've been on their prayer list and, and they all know what's going on with me. And um, But not just the staff, the, the congregation and the people that attend here, um, you know, I, that, that have similar stories and we never even knew it, you know, we're more alike than than we recognize, you know, and there's people that have struggled and before I even knew them and it's like, wow, we have a lot in common, you know, just different, different times in our lives. So, um, there is someone in this church, I guarantee you, that's gone through the same struggle you're going through and that can relate and that can lift you up in prayer and help walk walk you through it. You know, there was a quote I shared on Facebook um, a few weeks ago that said the, the hardest part of your journey will become the biggest part of your testimony. And I have felt um, shame in the beginning and you know, embarrassment and anger and depression. and But coming through it all, it's like it, pe the people around me, I know Pastor Jerry and my counselor have said to me this you're gonna have something to share someday and you're gonna reach you're gonna reach somebody and I and just encourage anybody who might be listening to my story to think about that because you speaking out might not just save your life but you, you never know who you're talking to and who's hearing you and who it's resonating with and who's gonna step forward and say God help me and, and he will. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Rachel, for sharing. Wow, how incredible. Rachel, I want you and Nathan to stand and your whole family. Marilyn, God bless you guys. Thank you for being here, for sharing this morning. We love you, and thank you, church. So proud of this church. As Rachel talked about Marilyn's friends being some of her greatest supporters, she didn't feel judgment because we're all broken. We're all in the same boat without the Lord. And his resurrection power, friends, is available to you today. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Not just for Rachel West, it's for you. God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And today, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Day, it's all about victory over death, over hell, over sin, over addictions. It's a wonderful day for all of us to ask ourselves that question. Does the resurrection affect me? It can. If you need to connect with the Lord today, we would be happy to share with you scriptures, to pray with you, to give you a Bible and material. If you're struggling with addictions, don't be afraid to come and say, man, I need some help. We're not gonna pick up stones. 
We're going to do our best to be like Jesus and come alongside of you and help you. If you're struggling with grief or if you're struggling just with depression or with anything in life, that's what church families are all about, friends. Resurrection power. It'll help us say no to the ungodly things of life and yes to those things that will cause us to prosper and to flourish. I want to read one more scripture before the worship team comes and we conclude our Easter celebration. It's Colossians chapter 3, and it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, we talked about that, you need to die to yourself, die to your pride, die, and your life will be hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, our life is Christ. He's the one that gives us breath. When our life, who, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Bow your head in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time we've had today to not just read your word, but to hear a testimony of how your word made such a difference in the life of Rachel and her family. And Lord, I pray that each of us today will know that that same resurrection power is available to us. And I pray, Lord, at the end of this service, each of us will ask ourselves, <laughs> how has that resurrection power made a difference in my life? And that we will come clean with our secrets, that we will come clean with our addictions, that we will come clean with our sinful behaviors. And we'll say, Lord, we want to be set free because whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. Thank you again, Lord, for Rachel's honesty. Boy, that's not easy to share that kind of testimony, share the difficulty that they've been through. And I pray you'll continue to protect Rachel and Nathan, bless their family. Oh God, I pray that you will continue to show yourself strong on her behalf. Lord, we know we take these things one day at a time, but each day may she feel, Lord, the support of those in her life and particularly the support of Jesus Christ. Lord, today, may we all bring to you our sins, our hurts. May we die to ourselves, and may we allow the resurrection power of Jesus to make a difference in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.